Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People. Welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Spencer Locker. And me, Martin Johnson. Morning, Martin. Morning, mate. We're laughing because that's the other way around, isn't it? For the very first time. Usually I'm on that side of the fence, but today, Spencer's in the hot seat with the controls, hosting. Yeah, hosting. Um, Hostess with the mostest and all that stuff. Love it, So, today's subject, what are we going to talk about, Martin? Well, um, we're going to talk about resilience. We've, We've done loads on this. I think resilience features in almost everything we do. Yeah. All of our modules, our workshops, everything we do, whether it's leadership management, self-awareness, coaching, executive leadership, whatever it is, we we talk about personal resilience, personal, you know, development, self-awareness, and our ability to keep ourselves in the best version of ourselves. And to do that, resilience play, plays a massive role. So, um, but we're going to talk about it today, but I think a little bit more open and a bit deeper than we usually do, mm. because... There's a couple of observations we're making and there's a couple of, um, you know, interpretations of a resilient person, which I think are slightly skewed at times. So I think mm. it's worth putting it on the table. You know, what makes us as humans resilient? Mm. <clears throat> um, what does it mean to be resilient? Uh, and who? how can you demonstrate it in certain situations? So I think if we just mm. put that on the table, Spence, yeah. anything goes, no notes, no paperwork, no agendas, just discuss our experiences of working with teams and individuals mm. on resilience and, and what it means to to build resilience and be more resilient. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. Um, so if I can sort of just chuck something into the pot, um, when we start talking about resilience, I mean, one of, the, one of the things that stimulated this in my mind was we were, we were talking about uh, generational stuff. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, or whatever it was, we're talking about generational stuff, and and I sort of started thinking about these negative influences when I first um, entered the world of work. So you sort of turn up, uh, and you've got two bags, one full of uh, knowledge and one full of enthusiasm, and uh, and you don't seem to you, you haven't got the experience yet, and you've got these people looking at you going, oh, won't like this in my day. Oh, look what the sending is. I bet you don't know how to do this. I bet you don't know how to do that. And it's it can be a bit sort of it, it slaps you down a bit, doesn't it? it you you want to be you want to be a good worker. You want to be good at what you do, uh, but you haven't got that in th- that um, that experience yet. And then somebody straight away, without actually working with you, uh, coming down and slapping you down. And I suppose that can have an impact on your resilience, one way or another. Yeah, I mean that's an example, isn't it? I hmm. think there's you know, part of being human in 2021 and beyond, and it's always been the case, but when we think about where we are right now and, and moving forward, there's a million examples of, of things that are going to test your resilience. Mm. And, you know, it's important that we understand what it means and the fact that every single day, to some extent, we have to show resilience. We have to overcome situations interpret situations deal with certain things with with without it sending us backwards or stopping us or inhibiting us from doing something i mean let's let's start with the definition of resilience or 
or try to define what we mean by resilience, just so 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 people are aware who are listening is, you know, to be resilient, if you simplify it, is the ability for us to keep on keeping on under duress, to keep on keeping on what we are doing and remain on task or on target or remain focused on moving forward under duress and stress. So if, if you define it like that, then whether you're trying to train for a marathon in your personal life or whether you're trying to do something physical or whether you're trying to navigate a, a particular character in the workplace who you don't who tends to test you and, mm. and, and knock you off you knock you off like you just mentioned you know knock knock you off your track a little bit or whether you're trying to cr- climb the career path grow a business deliver a project whatever it might be resilience is required every single day because if the definition is to keep on keeping on and keep moving forward towards an endeavor under stress and duress then it's almost a daily thing on some level, if that makes sense. So, yeah. so you know, you need to understand it. And it's not just reserved for extreme things. Pe- mm. the, the word resilience seems to be reserved for, like, the extremities mm. of, of the situations we, fi- we, we, we encounter in life. It's not the case. Mm. You need to be resilient on that commute into work in the morning when you, you, you're going to be late. The traffic's horrendous. Your car can't move. And all of a sudden now you're starting to get aggravated. You're starting to behave in a certain way. Your stress levels are rising. And if you're not resilient, your morning's going to get away from you pretty quick. So just to sort of define it, Spence, and I'll bring you in on here because of obviously your background with resilience and, and, and what you teach in the classroom around resilience. Would you agree that it's fundamentally about your ability to keep on keeping on towards a, an endeavor or task under stress and duress. I would, I would, I would, I would agree, agree with that. Um, I think taking from what you just said there, where, where you were quite, um, quite specific, uh, I would, I would, I took from that. It's about something that we, we do as a matter of course to varying levels, but it's not necessarily a destination. It's the journey. It's the, yeah, it's the ability to when a moment gets tough or when your mind and body is telling you to stop or retract or you can't do this, it's your moment, momentarily, you know, your ability to intervene and consciously go, no, I recognize why I'm feeling the way I am. I understand the challenge and I remain on task. Or simply put in a real life example, you get out of bed, you're feeling crap, you're tired, you haven't slept, you're just nursing a cold, mm. you've got a big day ahead of you, I don't want to go to work, calling sick. Resilience is that moment where you go, no, 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 listen, get out of bed, get a shower, you know, you've got a job to do, it's important for these reasons, you can do this. Okay. So, and that, that's, that's an example of that. Yeah. Or it might be your, you know, 10 miles into a half marathon Mm. and you've got three miles to go and your body's screaming at you to stop. You've Mm. never been this distance before. We can't do this. Your lactic acid's building up. Your posture's gone. Your lungs are burning, right? Your body's screaming to stop Mm. and it's your ability in that moment to go, Mm. three more miles. I can do this. Do not stop. Mm. Complete the task at hand. Resilience is that 
that intervention, that conscious intervention where you decide that you will keep on keeping on. And, and, and I think, you know, a great definition for this is resilience organically happens when your reasons to continue are greater than your reasons to stop. So if we just think about that yeah. for a second, yeah. for you to have that moment where you go, I'm going to go to work, I'm going to turn out, or I'm going to get up and deliver that presentation, even though I'm feeling like I want to run away, or I know I'm afraid of heights, but I'm going to push myself and do this, or I'm going to finish the last three miles, or whatever it might be. Resilience organically happens when your reasons to continue are greater than your reasons to stop. And I think for every human being, their capacity to do that and to intervene and to consciously think like that is different based on how they're wired, you know, their personality style, their motivators, their previous experiences and anchors, mm. you know, all of that great stuff. I was going to, I was, I was going to uh, ask you about that because obviously um, I want to stay away with, I want to stay away from, are you resilient or not resilient? I'd much rather more focus more on some people are more resilient and some people are less resilient. Um, but yeah, those influences, where, where do those influences come from? Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Cause I know you've, you've, um, you you're a recent returnee to the gym. Yes. Um, do you plank? <laughs> do you plank? <laughs> do you plank? <laughs> Good job. I heard you right there. <laughs> um, do you plank? I don't, right. I don't personally on that particular exercise, but I do similar stuff, which mm. is equally as painful. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so I have, I've been developing my sort of planking. <laughs> Over the over the over the recent uh, recent months, I never so, knew um, you was a planker. I am. I am. I'm. I'm, a, I'm quite an energetic planker. Uh, I put a lot of effort into it. But I digress. So I've managed to get to uh, four planks of one and a half minutes. <laughs> yeah. So doing on, doing one minute serious. one minute thirty seconds four times. Yeah? yeah. Yesterday, the planking record was broken. Right. Do you know how long this bloke held? The plank oh, position. Oh, this for... is a real life. Oh, yeah, world yeah, record. yeah, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Real life world record. How so long? I'm, how long? Nine and a half hours. 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 That's impressive. He took took the position and held it for nine and a half hours. So you're talking about resilience, and when you start defining it as the reason to carry on is stronger than the reason to give up. What what resilience? What focus? What influence this this chap must have to hold that position for nine and a half hours? Well, there's generally two reasons. I think there are two reasons why the reason to continue is greater than the reason to stop. It's your internal reason or your external reason. Right. So if this makes sense, because I'm ad-libbing, but it it should make sense. And, we, and we, when we do one-to-one coaching sessions with people, I can always, you know, you always end up with an internal reason or an external reason as to why they're trying to achieve what they want to achieve. Yeah. So... <clears throat> Let's take the guy who's planking for nine hours, right? Um, you've got to ask yourself the question, why is he willing to go through that? Why is he willing to continue? What's his reason to, to go through the pain and stress and duress for nine hours? Well, it'll either be internal or external. Internal is his inner dialogue, his inner reason for himself as to why he wants to complete the task. And that, that's not about glory. It's not about accolades. It's not about a lot of people clapping at the end. It's not about his receiving his award at the Guinness World Records because that's external. That's external reason. That's, that's public adulation. It's acknowledgement, recognition. It's 
you know, reward, um, whatever it might be. But his internal reason might be something completely different. He might have come from hardships or adversity where he's recently recovered from, you know, a physical operation or a or an injury or something where he's trying to prove to himself that he has still got it, that he can still, um, you know, physically uh, complete an extreme endeavor. Mm. Um, you know, he might be somebody who struggled with mental health and a lack of self-confidence over the last five to 10 years. And to strengthen that, uh, that resilience level to prove to himself that he's, you know, got strength of mind as well as strength of body, you know, it might be that, that reason, right? Um, so the internal reason is my reason without anybody else knowing, without any external factor, what, why am I doing this for me? And if so, what am I trying to get out of it? The external reason is, is a popular one, right? It's usually a really good driver for people, but it's what do I want other people to see? Why do I want other people to observe this? Why do I want the world to know what I'm doing? And why is that important to me? Why do I want some external validation or recognition or whatever it might be? Um, so what, whichever one's driving them, and it could be both, but whichever one's driving them is really important to connect with because if he planked for nine hours and nobody was there at the end to clap him to no cameras, no media, no newspapers, nothing. It was just his mum and dad going, well done, son. Would he still last nine hours if that was going to be the outcome? And if his answer to himself is yes, because I'm doing it for an internal reason, then the reason to continue will be greater than the reason to stop. If his reason is external and it's like Guinness World Records, I want to be in the books, a history books. I want to leave a legacy. I want my name to be up in lights. I want my kids to look back in 15 years time and go, my, you know, my dad achieved that. Then his reason to continue will be greater than his reasons to stop if if that is his visualization at the end of it. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. So it'd be easier what, to sit in a bath full of beans, wouldn't it? Exactly. <clears throat> but the point being is for to be resilient, your reason to continue has to be greater than your reason to stop. Mm. And without that, that can be internal or external, without that. The, the body and the mind is will will very easily give up on you. The path of least resistance will conquer. And it's interesting you should say that because only this morning we were talking about Ross Edgley. Yeah. We were talking about the adversity that he went through when uh, that one particular thing that he did. I mean, don't get me wrong, he's done loads of different things. Uh, but that one particular thing, as, as we were saying, about your tongue hanging off and your hands falling to bits and you're only halfway around. And yeah. having that sort of internal... He talks about it a lot. You know, Ross Edgley is... Um, great to listen to. Um, he's done some amazing sporting and physical endeavours, and one of them was he swam round the whole of Great Britain. Mm. Um, six hours on, six hours off for five months. Six hours in the boat sleeping, six hours back in the water for five months. Swam round the entire island of Great Britain in not so great weather at times and freezing cold waters. And anyway, yeah, he, he, he suffered all sorts of physical um, you know, ailments and injuries from his tongue, you know, with the salt water, bits of his tongue coming off and, you know, his hands and feet suffering badly. And, you know, his skin was, was, was horrendous and breaking out. And, um, you know, it's, it's those type of scenarios that, I mean, that's extreme, but he, I, mean, I have no doubt his reason to continue was always greater than his reason to stop. 
and, but you don't have to look at like a Ross Edgley challenge or mm. a, or somebody scaling Mount Everest to think about resilience. You can, you can absolutely bring it back to everyday life. You know, that every human being can resonate with like getting up for work in the morning, you know, you, you feel crap at times or you, you know, employment law is on the employer's employee side. Now, you know, you can call in sick relatively for any reason without question as long as it's a day and it doesn't prolong you could probably pull that at least seven or eight times a year if not more right without really being affected financially i'm not saying that that's good i'm not saying people should do it but you could do that it's easy to do that we have a platform that's easy to not be resilient um but in a morning it's you that goes no no i've i've got a job to do i've got to deliver this for my manager or my career progression is important to me and what 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 you know image am I portraying if I call in sick ten times a year? So my reason to get up and out of my bed and off my ass and get to work because I want to succeed in my career and I want to climb the career ladder and I <clears> want <throat> to be rewarded and I want to be a team player is greater than my reason to stay in bed, which is I'm tired and I feel like I could have a day off. Right. So so everyday life is like mm. that. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll use yeah. you as an example, Spence. You've been here four years. Yeah. Something like, and I know you won't mind me saying, but you are the oldest person in in the team. I thought you were just saying all then. You know, <laughs> one, one of you're the oldest person in the team. Mm-hmm. Um, generally fit and healthy. Don't get me wrong, but you're the oldest person in the team. Yeah. You you a few years back diagnosed with diabetes, yeah. which now you're on top of and fixed. You don't sleep very well by your own admission. Mm. You're not a great sleeper. Mm. You're the only person in the company who's never had a sick day. <laughs> yeah. And you're double the age of some of the employees here. Right, yeah, yeah. And you probably sleep the least. Mm. So <laughs> my example of that is yeah. you, right? Yeah. You've had mornings without question where you go, I could just not bother today. Or or your body or your, for a moment you're thinking, I'm knackered, I'm bootstrapped, oh, I've got delivery, you know. Yeah, yeah. But your reason to continue... Mm. For whatever that is for you is always greater than your reason to stop. Yes, yeah, I would agree. Um, the maybe maybe it's not a conscious effort to come in because it's just a default setting for me. But that's another thing I was going to say to you is when we start looking at these people who said I really want to stay in bed, I'm going to ring in sick. I think there's there's more to it than just resilience. It's that being unhappy in your job. Because you've got some people who will say, no, I want to make a success of my career. I want to do a good job for my boss. I want to do the people who will err on the side of, you know what, press news, phone in, whatever. I'm not going to go in. Are they truly happy in the situation? But it all ties into resilience because if you've got a purpose and if you're working towards an endeavor that you're you're connected to and fulfilled by, then your reason to continue is greater than your reason to stop. Yeah. By the sheet, the, the the byproduct of that is your resilience level will go up. Now, it still doesn't mean that you're going to be the most resilient person on the planet, but you have a platform from which to work in because it creates the law of attraction. When I'm being dragged and thrust towards an endeavor, a, a, a target, a, a visualization of what it is I'm trying to achieve, then I'm going to be willing to offer the significant contribution required to achieve it. If I don't have that, resilience goes through the floor. So in organizations or in life, people who generally don't have any get up and go, or they give up easily on things, or it's easy to call a 
you know, calling a sickie. Or if life gets tough, I'll just vote with my feet and move jobs. Or, you know, those type of people don't have the law of attraction. They don't have the the the, the reason to continue, which is greater than the reasons just to chuck it in. Hmm. Now, you know, so so you make a valid point. You need to have something that is dragging and thrusting you towards that for your resilience level. But even then, there's loads of people who create goals. There's loads of people who, you know, want to do well, who have these visions of of success and, you know, want to complete tasks and personal, you know, goals and targets. But they still don't have the resilience level to do it. They still give up too easily. So even when you have that, it helps. But you've still got to have this psychological, conscious understanding of when it gets tough and when I'm moving towards that goal or that end of it and I encounter real challenge, I can't wrap my tits in then. I cannot just chuck the towel in. So you still need to have that. And, and, and what I would say is the goal, the fulfillment, the purpose really helps, but your reason to continue over your reason to stop in the moment of adversity is still not easy. And that's where some excel over others. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Can I ask you something? Yeah. How's your short game going? Oh, my short game's getting better, actually. Putting? Putting 50-50, depends on the day. Right. Driving's my problem at the minute. Right. The reason I'm asking you is because while you were telling me, when you were just talking then, I, I was reminded of somebody that I ran into uh, or oh, a fair few years back, uh, and when we were talking about um, how he goes about his job, how he goes about his day, how he achieves his aims, he always says, I'm a putter. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he says, he was he used to be crap at putting, but he went and had lessons, and when he had lessons, the pro told him to put further. Aim your put further than the hole. So for him, he always does more he always do he always does more than than he's expected yeah. so he goes further he pushes further even though the holes there he always overputs if you know what i mean yeah so and, and, a, nice and a, coach, a coach told me that because if you the um, thing about that is if you put short you it's got no chance of going in mm. ever yeah if you put long it's always got a chance of going in you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. It, oh you need a bit of luck with the line a bit of luck but it it's always got a chance of going in so yeah it's a great analogy um but just going back to the resilience piece, you know, um, your ability to deal with stress and duress and understand and interpret the stress response is everything. We do a lot about this in challenge and threat state and the chimp theory and humans, three basic functions of human existence, you know, survival, reproduction and purpose. And because we're based on survival and we have this fight or flight chemical cortisol, which is there to say switch on, this is important or you're at risk here. Our ability to interpret that stress response and deal with it appropriately is everything. Some people do it well. Some people catastrophize it. My ob observation of generations now is that more of the younger generations are catastrophizing basic human stress. Can I just jump in there? Yeah. Do you think that that might be something to do with um, the modern world? I mean, I know you, you talk about inputs, information inputs, and the fact that um, living in the modern world with internet and things like social media and all that, we're getting more and more inputs. 
not necessarily the inputs themselves, but the style. Do you think we're living in a threat state? I think we've. I think if you look at post-war versus pre-war generations, it has definitely evolved for a number of reasons into more of a threat state culture, uh, more of a threat state environment where we are becoming overly focused on consequence and avoidance rather than focusing on what we can achieve and what can be done. There's a number of reasons for that. Parenting styles have changed over the years, which are creating different attachment styles, which is the way we view our relationships. I think, you know, pre and post war parenting was very avoidant. You know, you was one of 15 kids. You went out, you didn't come home until you was hungry. You fended for yourself. You fought for attention. It created a very independent attachment style where you go, I don't need people. You know, I don't need to rely on people. I'll stand on my own two feet. Great for independence and resilience, not so good for for for, for uh, commitment and, and and relationships. Which is why baby boomers have the highest divorce rate of all generations, right? Because they're avoid, right. they have avoidant attachment styles. Whereas you think about modern day parenting, we flip from showering our kids with everything they ever need: Florida, Xboxes, you know, anything they need. They get showered with this these these materialistic stuff and love, care, and affection. But we still have this side to us where we parent in a strict style. So it's like you know, discipline. And when we're flipping from love, care, and affection to volatility and rage, we create anxious attachment styles in children in brain development, which means they don't know where they stand. So I, I, does this, am I secure with this person? Am I not? Am I secure? So I think parenting style is having a big impact on, on, on younger people's resilience. I think the digital industrial revolution and social media and computers and gaming and all of this sort of stuff impacts brain function and you know, resilience. I think the, 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 the environment of work, you know, work is no longer bound by proximity or it's not always manual and operational. Um, a lot of it is virtual. A lot of it is distant. A lot of it is remote. So learning skills to navigate conflict and group and power dynamics and building emotional intelligence is, is, is not as, as, you know, as important as it once was. So I think if you put all of that into the melting pot, um, you know, there's a lot of reasons as to why we're, I think younger generations in particularly catastrophize basic human stress. They get a stress response. It's like threat state. They retract and they give up on an endeavor because it doesn't feel very comfortable. They haven't conditioned themselves to interpret that stress response in the, in, in the right way and connect with the reason to continue that is greater than the reason to stop and push through because that's the incubator for growth as you talk about yeah. that's the growth zone hmm. and i think not many people i meet and it's not just younger generations but for whatever reason not many people i meet are willing to interpret the stress response in the right way connect with the reason to continue that is greater than the reason to stop and push through resilience I think it's easy to choose the path of least resistance. Mm. And for me, some of the most resilient people on the planet are the ones who are the most anxious and neurotic. The worriers of the world think they are not resilient. And people like me who don't often worry, and I do what I do, everyone thinks confident and you know, and I'm really resilient. But arguably the worrier is, my wife is more resilient than me because she lives every day under stress and duress, worrying about the world and still keeps on keeping on. Yeah. I go through momentarily moment like moments of stress, hmm. deal with it and move out. She's doing it daily. That's resilience. Yeah. So never mistaken. The final point, I know there's a couple of minutes, Spence. Yeah. The final point to make is 
don't think that the worrier, the anxious person is not resilient and the confident person is, is really resilient. We all need to display resilience. But for me, the person who has to operate and keep on keeping on under stress and duress every single day, they are sometimes the most resilient people on the planet mm. and they've got to give themselves some credit for that. Yeah, I, th I think you're right. I think um, reassessing who you are and how you do things. I mean, you can go around a room and you can ask people what you're most proud of achieving in your life. And whatever that is, chances are they probably failed at it once or twice. Um, and it was hard, but they still achieved it, didn't they? Well, it's like people... You know, it's like people who want to be a millionaire and be an entrepreneur and everybody starts a business and not many continue after three or four years. Um, running a business isn't easy. It requires resilience. Um, there's a lot of stress and duress and pressure, livelihoods, not letting customers down, you know, your reputation, your brand. But you need to be resilient and that's why not many people do it. Mm. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Martin. Really appreciate that. I enjoyed that. Yeah, well, maybe we'll yeah. come back and do a bit more on it, Spence. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Okay, Martin Johnson, thank you very much. Cheers, Spence. Um, see you next time on the T2 podcast. Awesome.